Elena and everybody. Cheers. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the With Her Two Hands podcast, where each week we celebrate the women who build, fix, and make things with her own two hands. I am your host, Bogey. I am a master auto mechanic by trade, but uh, a huge supporter of women in all of the trades. And this podcast has been going on for about three years now. Um, just celebrating these women, we make up a very small percentage of trades folks, uh, the actual hands-on trades folks, um, less than 2% across most of the trades. And most of the women who are out there down, doing the grind grind every day, kicking butt in these industries, um, very rarely get uh, their stories shared or their voices heard or a light shown on them. Uh, and so that's what this series is all about. If you are new here, welcome. If you've been coming back week after week, thank you so much for coming and sharing part of your evening with us and for helping us celebrate these incredible women. It's great to see so many familiar names each week. So thank you guys for being here. Got a big thank you to our partner on this episode. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Drive Time, and they have been a partner for a couple of years now on this podcast, really um, showing their support for women in the trades, and they do a ton within their organization as well, um, really doing a lot to create opportunities for younger folks, uh, folks who are green and don't have a lot of experience to kind of come in and get their training and get their experience and find their niche within the automotive industry. If you're not familiar familiar with drive time, go check them out either if you need a job or if you need a new car. So definitely go check them out. They are all over the country. But for now, without further ado, I am really excited about tonight's guest. Um, we have been trying to get her on this series for some time now. She is a super cool woman. She is an iron worker. Uh, she has had some interesting career path, didn't go straight into being an iron worker, and now she's doing some other cool things with her career, including being a huge advocate for women in the trades as well. And uh, she's got some interesting stories she's going to share along those lines, but I'm excited to meet her. I hope you guys are excited to meet her as well. So without further ado, I am going to bring into the stream tonight's guest, uh, if it'll work. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are Thank you? Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. My pleasure. I have to point out now, anybody who's listening in the audio version of this is not going to see this, but <laughs> Blue, our guest tonight, is in a pillow fort right now. And I absolutely freaking love it. Right before we went live, I'm like, are you in a pillow fort? She's like, yeah, totally. I'm like we are going to be best friends um, so. with the little the little cactus shaped nightlight to help provide some yes. good lighting. Yes, yes. <laughs> so this is me somewhere between a happy hour hangout sesh, a podcast, and yes. round the campfire um, ghost stories. It sounds like um, it looks like at least. So, um, so Blue, tell um, tell everybody, find folks at home, who you are, what you do, where you hail from, and then we'll dig into it. <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, Blue Coble. Uh, I, like Bogie said, I am a union iron worker by trade. Um, I got my start after I was a graphic designer for almost 10 years. Um, and then the market crashed and uh, the demand for graphic designers was not great. And uh, I kind of wanted to do something else. I wanted to be outside a little more. I wanted to do stuff with my hands a little more. Um, so a roommate of mine, um, she used to party with iron workers. And she was like, oh, they talk about how much fun they have and how much money they make. And they didn't have to pay for their schooling. And I was like, what? Sign me the fuck up. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and I signed up with the union. Uh, took them a little while to pick me up. Uh, but once they finally got me in, I was addicted. Love it. Like, I always knew that if I didn't like it, I could fall back onto my design portfolio. Uh, not a big deal. Um, but I never second guessed that decision to move into construction. Um, just amazing experiences, meeting amazing people. Um, during that time, uh, I, when I turned out of my apprenticeship program, I turned out as uh, apprentice of the year, which is basically like our valedictorian. Um, and then from there, started traveling. Uh, at some point, I became a Dove spokesmodel for their beauty bar. Um, there's, you can look it up, commercials, uh, Blue Iron Worker Dove Beauty Bar, um, played in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Um, 
And since then, yeah, just try to do uh, tons of public speaking events. Um, what we do is amazing. I feel like it's one of like the best kept secrets, um, especially growing up. Uh, I was not really encouraged to go into construction, you know, more traditional role of like secretary, nurse, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I remember when I told my parents that I wanted to join the union, they were like, what? Uh, I think at that point, though, they had gotten used to some of my crazy ideas. So they were just like, oh, we don't like it, but we'll do whatever you want, man. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and then a few years ago, I was on a project and um, I got approached with the idea of being a quality uh, coordinator and uh, sort of learn the ropes from there on the project um, and eventually became a quality manager, which is what I am now for a general contractor. Awesome. Um, I was able to finish my degree. I actually have a degree in OSH, Occupational Safety and Hazard, and uh, or in Health. And um, yeah, <laughs> I just love that I'm able to exercise all these opportunities and all these doors open, like all these things that we didn't think of. Like, yeah, you talk about quality managers, and people are like, "What do you do?" Like, what? That's a great question. I have no idea. Let me figure it out. <laughs> 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 right. I mean, that's definitely not a career that like you hear about in grade school or high school. <laughs> yeah, what that is. Yeah, absolutely. So amazing life journey and life story. We've got to dig into some of this, though. We've got to dissect <laughs> some of this because um, it's it sounds like an incredible journey. Of course, there's lots of ins and outs to that. And I'm sure it was not a super smooth road every step of the way. So um, no, I've got to go. I got to go back in time here. How, first of all, how did you wind up a graphic designer? What brought you to that point? Like what was, what was the appeal of graphic design and how did you end up there? Um, so I, growing up, I always did art. I always wanted to be an artist. Um, okay. Graphic de design was just sort of the, like the new technology version of doing art and getting paid for it. Okay. Um, I made my break into the industry pretty young, um, early 20s as like a photo editor. Um, so all the Photoshop tricks, like that's what I, <laughs> I did a lot of that. Um, and then just slowly kind of worked up to be, being able to do like promotional materials and things like that. Yeah. And then just started um, working through other companies. And then at some point, um, had the opportunity to start my own business so I worked from home and um, focused on branding. That was uh, my big specialty. Um, I did a lot of like the coding for websites, stuff like that. Just kind of an all over like um, my motto through life has always been like, has been something along the lines of like, if I, if you don't know somebody who does it, I don't want anybody to say no to me or I don't want to ever be passed over for an opportunity because I don't know how to do something. So anytime someone asked me, hey, do you do this? I was like, I do now. Let's do it. I, <laughs> Jesus made Google for a reason. I, <laughs> we, like, I can do this. This is awesome. Um, yeah. And I just did that. And then, like I said, the economy crashed and everybody's yeah. brothers, sisters, cousins, uncle knew how to do graphic design for their websites. And right. um, I was like, fuck this. Interesting. Like I was getting passed over for projects because people were getting it for free or for cheaper. And right. I was like, all right. Because everybody's like, oh, yeah, my brother's neighbor's sister's friend does websites. And you're like, yeah, but are they yeah. actually any good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It changed. Like, Call me when sure. it fixed. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Gotta love it. So had you ever been exposed to like the construction trades and industrial trades before that point? Like, had you had an, a, 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 like a, any exposure to that previously? Or was this like purely kismet? Like, I have a friend who knows some guys and they said it's fun. Like you said, you know, guys at the bar. Mostly that. Uh, my father is blue collar. He, um, He's currently in the uh, communi communicator communication, the CWA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Communication Workers of America Union. Um, okay. And he's been there uh, for quite a while. Before that, he uh, worked for a company called Bear. Okay. I like, like, do you, have you seen the old metal signs of like the little yellow bear? And he's got like his hand out. He's like, uh, and he's kind of bent over. It's like an old, um, they used to make automotive uh, diagnostic equipment. Oh, so my dad used to fix that and he went to 
uh, AAI, Arizona Automotive Institute, okay. when I was very, very young. So interesting. kind of had like that dusting kind of, you know, in my atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but never had, like when I joined, I did not know my asshole from my elbow. I could not tell <laughs> you what a uh, drill, you know, like, well, I knew what a drill was, but I didn't know what a hammer drill was. <laughs> I didn't know the difference. Uh, I couldn't tell you what a spud wrench was or what the difference was or the different sizes. Um, Wait, I knew what? how to read a tape. Did you say spud a spud wrench? wrench? I don't like know what a spud, spud wrench. wrench is. What's <gasps> a spud wrench? So if you see the wrenches where it's got the the wrench head, the regular wrench head, and then the the handle part actually tapers to a point. That's a spud oh. wrench. Oh, okay. And it's, it's tapered to a point so that way you can get the wrench into the holes on the beams to align them to get the bolts in. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. I never and heard about that. Nobody, nobody can really definitively say where spud wrench came from. A lot of people <laughs> say like it's because they used to cook the potatoes over the fire. Or, um, I've also heard that um, shanks were called spuds if they were, you know, very small. So like if you handmade shanks, and so like when the old Irish workers would carry them, they had like these little shanks, and so it was kind of like a joke, like oh, your wrench is like a spud. So I, yeah, I don't know. Lots of fascinating. Learn something new every day. All right. <laughs> Very cool. So you knew nothing, uh, essentially. Nothing. Um, and clearly I don't either. Um, so, <laughs> we all know no judgment. Uh, <laughs> so when you were, so dad was blue collar, dad worked in and around these industries. Was it ever, ex were you ever exposed to that as a potential or was it like, I'm curious because I hear a lot of like some mechanics and trades people and you know other other industrial trades are like hell no i don't ever want my kids doing this and others are like i would love for my kids to do this where where was your dad on the spectrum uh i think my dad was just kind of i don't know i, th I would say he was supportive but maybe not over the moon about it i know my mom was very vocal about being unhappy about it my mom was a little more traditional. Like I was raised Roman Catholic. I remember getting phone calls when I first started in as a designer. My mom would call me like, why aren't you a secretary? You could go work. And I was like, wow, really? This is... No, <laughs> I want to work. I want to work. Interesting. So even when you were doing graphic design, she wasn't happy with what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. She was, um, the company that I worked for was, uh, more adult related. So I think that helped that decision. Uh, <laughs> ah, there is another layer to this. See, there's that the horror story part of our campfire. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, okay, so mom was not supportive of that. She was also not supportive of going into the iron workers union, huh? Yeah, she didn't that mostly she didn't want me to get hurt. I know that. Like it was it was more out of a caring position. Yeah. Um Definitely didn't hold it against her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, iron workers have always been one of the top 10 most dangerous jobs. And so I'm, I'm sure that was just like a big driver in her unhappiness. But once I got in and worked a while and like she saw how happy I was and she was fine. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm glad I'm glad they've come around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you decide you, that this is a free education through the union, right? And oh, that yeah. I think is just such a cool thing that like, I think a lot of people don't know about, like, you know, we have such a yeah. trade shortage. And if more people knew that you could get all of this training for free and learn on the job, and it's like, it's as close to an apprenticeship program as we have in the United States, because we don't really have much formally in most of the trades, but the fact that they have that is phenomenal. And if more people knew, we wouldn't have a trade issue. But yeah, and there's a lot of uh, organizations, too, where like mine, is, we have a partnership with the local colleges. So we get college credits while we're going through the apprenticeship program. Wow. And that's and like all of that is paid for your books. Everything is paid for by the union. And the way that we do it is we go to school for one week every three months. And okay. um, during that week, we get unemployment. So we still have a, some semblance of a paycheck coming in. Oh, wow. uh, you go to school all week and then you go back to work and you apply what you learn. Interesting. Mm -hmm. that, so it's not an all the time thing, which is cool. 
Well, and I think that's similar. I think that's how like Canada and Australia and the UK do it as well. They kind of have like, you're kind of going to school and you're getting training and you're working on the job kind of all, all at the same time, which makes sense. Cause that's, yeah. you're getting all the different types of learning covered, but I, we don't, other than the union, we don't, we don't get any of that. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. Which makes more sense. Cause like, if you're looking at pictures of tools, you go out to the field well, all the tools are going to be different. You know, Milwaukee makes a different style. DeWalt makes a different style. How are you going to know that you're grabbing the right thing, that it looks, yeah. you know, so it makes yeah. more sense to do it while you're kind of integrated into your work while you're learning. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But I have to, I'm going to push on this for a second because do it. so, so you're getting out of graphic design. You're frustrated with the way that whole industry is going. And I totally understand that frustration. You've got a friend who knows some iron workers and ironworking has some free education through the union. Okay, so there's lots of other ways that you could have, like, <laughs> other directions you could have gone, right? Like, there's 9 Probably. million other jobs. There's <laughs> 9 million other things. Like, why why ironworkers unions specifically? And what, like, what made your ears perk up about it? Was it strictly the money and the free training and the, the potential for, for making money? Or, like... Did you did you interview these guys? Were you like trying to find out information on what the work was like? Like you just uh, went yeah, for I'm, it. I'm a little <laughs> impulsive. Okay. <laughs> uh, in in hindsight, I don't know why I didn't apply for other unions or seek out other stuff. Like I basically went down, um, asked a couple of questions, said, "Hey, that sounds rad." Signed the list, <laughs> and then. Um, at some point I did start looking for like other graphic design jobs and I did get one. Um, and it was an amazing, amazing job working for a great company at the time that's no longer around. But, um, yeah, I don't like in hindsight, I don't know. I just kind of thought about some other things and was just like, no, that just sounds really good. Um, I remember when the Hoover Dam was built and I remember, well, not the, I mean, not the actual Hoover Dam. I'm not that old. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you clarifying. (laughs) This fireside light is just very flattering to my age. That's great. <laughs> uh, no, when they did the the um, the new highway bridge over Hoover Dam, um, yeah. I remember when they were building that, and I remember reading articles about how um, the Arizona Union and the Nevada unions kind of came together and they met in the middle. So like half is built by Arizona, half is built by Nevada. And I remember how cool the pictures looked, and um, just I you know like to me it looked like. You just got paid to climb around on monkey bars all day and <laughs> like give me a snack and a fruit pouch and let me do that. That sounds like a heaven. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Uh, yay for impulsivity. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, it's, uh, all right. So super impulsive decision. You decide, yes, I'm going to give this a try. You march down to the union and yeah. go to sign up. Tell me what that experience was like. And <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I want to start off by saying, like, you know, common boilerplate. I love my union. I love my union brothers and sisters. Um, overall, A plus. Um, at the time, <laughs> okay. good disclaimer. Uh, so, I, <laughs> so I went. I went down to sign up. Um, totally no problem. Everything was good. They, you know, I filled out the paperwork and they said, you know, they explained the, the process to me kind of, and, um, I was so excited. I didn't hear everything they said correctly. I totally take blame for that. Uh, so when, so like when we, when you go to sign up, they give you a list of all of the contractors that are under our union contract, meaning they do work with the union. Um, so I took the list and I thought I was supposed to call them and ask them to sponsor me in. Uh, so every Friday, I went down the list and I called every company. Hey, are you guys sponsoring? Hey, are you guys sponsoring? Uh, are you guys looking for apprentices? Um, and the first couple of months, it was a lot of no thank yous. Uh, after that, they just stopped answering my calls. <laughs> okay. And in fact, um, uh, Chef Steel, some of the people in the Chef Steel office started calling me Girl Friday. Because I called every Friday. Oh my gosh! <laughs> be like Girl Friday okay. on the. It's Girl Friday calling. It's fine. Just ignore it. <laughs> um, 
eventually, uh, one of the rebar companies. So in Arizona, um, we have the union, the union iron workers, we have what's called like a full book. So the actual full name of the iron workers is the International Association of Bridge Reinforcing Ornamental Architectural and Structural Iron Workers. That's a mouthful. So, yeah. So that's why we just say iron workers. <laughs> that's, that was your decision. <laughs> So when we get our journeyman book, uh, if you have a full book, that means that you are skilled in bridge, ornamental, reinforcing, structural, and architectural. Um, and in Arizona, we have a we have the full book. So I had to be skilled and had to have hours in all of the skill sets before I turned out. Or that's what we call graduating the apprenticeship program, turning out. Okay. So if I say turn out, that's just, I just graduated. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's good. That's not what I would have expected. And so I'm learning lots here. Turning out. Yeah. That sounds like, <laughs> that, that like makes me think of like, I don't know, like getting rid of, like you like turn out your like kid when they graduate high school and you're like, you oh, don't get to funny. live here anymore. You have to have your own job, I guess. <laughs> I, know, like, I thought it was always right. something like, um, like, like the Southern debutante balls. Like I thought that was referred oh. to as like turning them out. So that's what I, I thought, thought that was, was like, coming any... out. Which is a whole Maybe. other thing. That's a whole other, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Okay, so turning out is the lingo or the terminology for graduating from the apprenticeship program. Yes. Okay. Um, and at that point, you have to have all of this different stuff. All of the, all of yeah, skills. so you have to have hours and all of them to prove, and then you take the test for your journeyman, so that way you're a actual certified journeyman. Okay. Um, so a rebar company called and said, hey, we'd like to call you in for an interview which okay. knowing now this is really unusual. But at the time I was like, whatever, man, they're calling me for an interview. Cool. They might have an opening. Fuck yeah. So I go down, have the interview. Everything's great. Um, I thought the interview went really well and um, it finishes up and we stand up, we shake hands and uh, I go to leave the office. And he goes, Hey, you don't want this. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, you don't want this. And I was like, yeah, I do. I'm a little, I'm on top of being impulsive. I'm also just a little naive. I was like, yeah, I do. What are you talking about? Like, that's why I'm here. That's why I did the interview. And he goes, no, just so you know. And I was like, I have no idea what that means. Oh, but I was like, great. Well, that now Cryptic. is like a red flag that I didn't get it. And sure enough, they didn't call. So I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> um, and so... I let that go. And then I think it was, I think it was like 10 or 11 months after I had signed the list to join the apprenticeship, um, Intel, the Intel project in Chandler, Arizona kicked off huge, huge, huge project. Um, I don't remember the exact size, but it was, you know, millions upon millions of dollars in this, for this project. Um, they were pulling anybody and everybody to have workers on the job. And that was when I got sponsored in by Chef Steel to be an apprentice. And that's how I got in. Okay. Uh, so that was my very first job was Intel. And um, yeah, if that's, shoo, <laughs> that, that is definitely a zero to a hundred type situation because wow. it is a huge, um, it's, a, it's a huge job site. So you're learning all of the ins and outs and like job site etiquette and like where to park. And on top of it, there's also like a ton of industrial stuff going on. So you have to be aware of like where the clean rooms are and where the security checkpoints are and you can go over here but not over here and blah 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 um amazing learning experience for the trade 100 percent. i'm so glad that that was my first job because uh on top of it uh, hoffman was the general contractor for that job and they have uh very high standards when it comes to safety and so that was just an amazing job to learn about like the safety standards and what it means and um, just getting exposed to all of that stuff. Because on top of not knowing tools, I also don't really know how to take care of myself if I'm new on the project. Sure, like, yeah, it was, it was day one. You were brand new. Yeah, to... somebody hands you a harness and you're like, what the fuck is this for? Like, am I supposed to wear this as a hat? I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> so he, it, really good. I'm really thankful that being on a large project like that was my first project. But it also then gave me a taste for uh all the safety ins and outs like mm. yes safety is tying off but there's a lot of complications or a lot of there's basically a lot of science that has gone into why we do the things we do and why things are shaped the way they're shaped all in the uh intent to protect us 
And so I got really obsessed with industrial hygiene, uh, which is the science behind safety. Like I say that and a lot of people always say like, oh, dad, giant toothbrushes or like, oh, you're cleaning equipment, like big giant equipment. Oh, okay. That sounds terrible. But industrial hygiene is actually the science behind safety or why we create the safety standards that we do. It's the science that supports all that. And I'm a huge science geek. So I was totally in love. That's fascinating and awesome. Um, and there's, <laughs> I have so many, I have so many questions. <laughs> I know. I feel like this whole thing, I'm just like info barfing all over. <laughs> no, this is fantastic. This is, this is what we want. Um, there's a lot of great content in here. If, but if folks are just tuning in, um, <laughs> Lewis had a, a fascinating journey and career as an iron worker. And, um, I am learning a ton. I hope you guys are too. Take notes. If this is something that you're interested in doing, I have to rewind to, so you said Girl Friday when you were calling all of these employers every Friday for 11 months you're doing this or you eventually yeah. gave up on calling every Friday, but it was 11 months before you actually got your apprenticeship. Um, what were you supposed to have done if you said you didn't listen to the instructions properly and you weren't supposed to be calling them to get an apprenticeship? Like, what were you supposed to have done? How is this just supposed to happen? You just, you just wait, wait on the list. Oh, yeah. Do you literally so you sign up and then you wait. Yeah. So they, uh, yeah, so they have a list and they have for, uh, we also have the out of work list. So when we get laid off from a job or a job has ended or whatever, we go down to the hall and we sign, we sign an out of work list. And essentially what they do is they just, somebody calls and says, Hey, I need, a, you know, I need an iron worker. I need a joinman. I need a welder. Uh, and they just go down the list and whoever's next on the list, you get called for that project. Interesting. And so it's the same okay. thing, taking in apprentices and stuff like that. You just, you sign a list. And what they're supposed and to do wait. is grab your name, take, yeah, so. Interesting. Okay. So you finally get called. It's interesting to me that we hear about the trade deficit so much, and yet it took 11 months for you to get called. Do you know what that's about? At the time. Uh, so, uh, so if you're not watching visually, I am built like a brick shit house. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a little tall. Uh, I love to eat. I don't give a fuck. Uh, so, uh, and so respectively, I came in, they saw a girl who came from a white collar job. So I came in and, you know, like the nice collared shirts, uh, thinking that I was trying to be professional, um, who, um, who's overweight, so potentially not able to perform some of the physical duties that are involved. Hmm. Um, and they kind of figured that I just wouldn't make it. So it was a number of factors that they took in. And while I still give a lot of my brothers who had those influences at the time, I give them shit about it now. Um, and they are definitely much better. Um, but <laughs> at the time, it was definitely like the fat girl who showed up. So, yeah, it was definitely a stigma, but um, I'm I'm able to kind of throw that back and prove to them that, like, you can't judge people like that. Like, you, you pass that judgment on me. And if you had not finally picked me up, if you had picked me up a year sooner, how much farther along would would we be? Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. I, I appreciate that you're now, like, switching the script and kind of going in and 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 encouraging that change and you're able to call those very people out on on their decision back then that's awesome but yeah and they are genuinely better like i think i think right now in our union i think we have something like 15 women and we only really have something like 250 members in arizona because we don't have a lot okay. of uh, high structures um so yeah for out of that number that percentage of women is astounding it blows yeah. my mind yeah that's significant that's really awesome to hear i love yeah. it Fascinating. Okay. So, <laughs> so yay for the big Intel project being so massive yeah. that they needed to just grab anybody and everybody and finally let you get your foot in the door. Um, yes, look, I am a corpse that can firewatch. I'm in. <laughs> and there, so, and this was back in what year was this? This was, I think, 2011, you said? Yeah, 2011. Okay. So, yeah, things have changed, I feel like, quite a bit since since then. I, have yeah, you... I agree. Yeah, yeah I, I see it a lot. Um, I mean, there's, I mean, obviously safety standards are always being uh, enforced more. And I know a lot of people um, want to kick and scream about a lot of those things. Like uh, you see the new safety helmets on job sites a lot. 
Um, there are a lot of big companies that are pushing for that because um, uh, a lot of the tests have proven that it is safer. It does protect your cranium should you get hit with something or should you fall off something. It is a better um, piece of safety. It's a it's better PPE overall. Um, but you see even just those little changes and then the changes of people's opinions. Like I remember being on job sites and I was the only woman. And that included the carpenters, the electricians, like if they were out on the job, none of them were women. And it was always that really awkward. Um, like I remember one job I went to, uh, they had a meeting about me before I showed up on the job, uh, Ooh, which is obviously fast. now a huge red flag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, <clears throat> but they had a meeting about me before I even showed up on the job. They said, hey, everybody, uh, there's going to be a woman joining us. Um, so mind your P's and Q's, blah, 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 blah. And then of course the first day I showed up and I jumped off the job bus and I was like, what's up motherfuckers? And they're like, oh, okay, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. She's fine. But then I found out <laughs> at the meeting and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like what? Like, okay, I turned out this way. Great. But maybe what if I didn't want to swear? That still doesn't mean I'm not going to bust my ass building something. Like why right. the fuck would you do that to someone? Jeez. They had the exact same uh, meeting at my first dealership before I started. <laughs> and I was told about it later because at first, like, they were so weird around me for, like, the first week. I was the first female tech they'd ever had. And, like, everybody was, like, super polite and and minded their P's <laughs> and Q's. And, like, nobody uttered a curse word and, like, everything. I was like, oh, this is weird. You're like in the <laughs> twilight zone. It was so bizarre. And then they finally explained to me that this had happened. And I was like, fuck that <sighs> shit. That's fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it's interesting because it's that well-intentioned stuff that like, you know, they think they're doing the right thing, but at the same time, it like stigmatizes the woman even more. It's like, okay, all right, everybody, there's a girl coming. Let's. Yeah. Play. Yeah. I was like, you put all this pressure on me and I haven't even showed up yet. Like, give me a chance yeah. to fuck up. Like, if I'm going to fuck up, let me do it on my own. I don't need all this extra pressure. Holy <laughs> smokes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> so, so given that, like, what was showing up your first day at this Intel thing like? I mean, you know nothing. Oh. You had been waiting 11 months to get into this and it's a huge project and you're just kind of like, okay, here you go. Yep. Oh yeah. No, I, I definitely remember it. And, uh, um, <laughs> so you show up and like literally don't know anything. Uh, my boots are all nice and clean. My lunch bucket's nice and clean. There's no stickers on my hard hat. Uh, the apprenticeship gave us our hard hats and our hard hats were like these bright white hard hats. Um, half of the tools in my tool belt weren't even right because I didn't know how to translate no. the tool list. Um, I remember, uh, I remember walking up and, uh, one of my buddies, uh, Taiwan, he goes, Oh shit, it's a newbie. And like immediately started pulling all of the tools out of my tool belt and making fun of every single one of them. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then like, you know, and, and everybody was like, oh, ha, ha. and I was like, and I was expecting it. Like, sure. I know, like, I get the camaraderie. Like, I obviously I swear a lot. This isn't new. I didn't earn all of my swear words through construction. So not a big <laughs> deal. I was like, okay, okay, give me the rest, whatever. Uh, but yeah, and there's, you know, and the, the little things throughout, you know, um, like, all the, uh, the, like, it's not hazing but the things were like you go ask somebody to bring you a bumper gun Bum bumper guns don't exist right. uh go get me okay. the sky hook doesn't exist uh there's a See, thing I think that's hazing i think that's totally hazing and i think it's totally not cool but we can come back to that <laughs> no that's and that's fair yeah because it is because it can't be embarrassing and it can bring down the morale and uh and, yeah. and definitely if, if you do it consistently like that's bullshit you shouldn't pick on someone all the time they're already right. nervous anyway yeah, yeah yeah like you said get back to it yeah. um 
Uh, there's one thing where uh, you take welding rod and you bend it over your neck. Like all the guys will have like, oh, the apprentice over there, he just bent six welding rods over his neck. Can you do more? They, you know, the guys put 20 bucks. It says you can't do more than him. Blah, blah, oh, blah. And then you grab the handful and you bend it over their neck. And I didn't fall for that one, which was really funny because um, I had so many guys coming up that day. Like I was the chosen one that day that they were going to try it on. And they were like, of course, they're like, oh, that guy over there, he did 10 rod. Nobody thinks you can do more than 10 rod. And I was like, okay, well, I don't give a shit. So tell him, no, no, they put 20 bucks on you that you could do. And I was like, well, you just lost fucking money because I'm not doing it. Like I'm busy. I got shit to do. Why are you coming over here? I'm not going to fuck up our consumables. That's wasted money. And they were like, fuck. Never mind. She's not doing it. She's not doing it. <laughs> it's like you asses come on and one guy was like she doesn't have any ego response. let her go <laughs> she doesn't have any ego let her go that's amazing <laughs> interesting i mean I, that's an effective approach i dig it um that's interesting <laughs> i i do totally think that that like all of that stuff is hazing i mean you obviously are a strong personality and you were having none of it and it wasn't gonna phase you but i just you know i think about what that must have felt like walking in that first day. And if, if you were anybody else, right? Like if you had had an ounce less confidence and an ounce less of that ballsy, like I'm gonna do what I want, regardless of what anybody thinks, which like clearly you have, because you told your parents that you were going to do what you wanted, no matter what you told your friends and family, <laughs> you were going to do what you wanted. So like, obviously that's just who you are. But if you didn't have that, this is why we lose people from the industries because they like show up all excited with their nice clean lunchbox and their nice clean hard hat and they're all eager to learn. And then we beat the joy out of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and I do agree with that. And I think that because um, I came in a little bit older than some of the other apprentices, like I said, I had, I basically had an entire career before yeah. I came in. So I was in my late twenties, early thirties when I started. So at that point, I I was a little more like I had a little more life. I had a little bit like I knew a little bit more to be like, yeah, that's not right. I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to overperform or do this dumb task because I think you're going to reward me. I know you're not. I know it's a dumb task, so I'm not going to do it. Um, and I did see a lot of like the younger guys that I had kind of started with fall out like um, I believe they said um, that when I got in as an apprentice, I think they said Chef Steele had also had brought in 120 apprentices overall at the time for wow. the Intel project. And when I turned out, there were only nine of us. Wow. And it's a it's because we also don't have a lot of work in Arizona. Like I said, we don't we don't have a lot of really tall buildings and a lot of people can't do rebar. I think rebar is the most physically grueling work like um i've done concrete work is it totally difficult and grueling yes absolutely everybody just you know every trade deserves the respect that it is difficult work <laughs> but rebar is fucking brutal and a lot of people don't want to do that um so if you're not doing rebar and if we don't have structural we don't have work for you so um so I understand that like not having work, we do have a lot of people leave the program. But like you said, it was also a lot of that, like the hazing or the bad attitudes or, you know, people not wanting to communicate or understand situations. And yeah, I think there's a lot of it. I, you could see where the, the industry needs a little bit more of that better leadership. Um, and we are seeing it more and more. Um, like, for example, <clears throat> the Ironworkers Union, we now have a program called Be That One Guy. And it's essentially an anti-bullying program. Okay. Um, Vicki O'Leary, who is our uh, diversity director for the International Union of Ironworkers, uh, she put together the program. It's phenomenal. Um, she goes around and she does the training and it basically runs through, like, when you were in this situation, how did you feel? Like, <clears throat> um, when uh, it's important for women to have restrooms, not only, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. You're good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, no, not my computer again. No, um, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, uh, sorry. Uh, so she goes around, she does training and like puts you in situations. Um, 
one of the reasons why it's important for women to have restrooms or why it's been problematic is that there's always one restroom on the job site. It's always a mile away from where we work. Um, so we're being judged for the amount of time that we have to take to walk to to walk to the Porta John. And then we're in there and it, you know, it's disgusting, blah, blah, blah. Um, we have situations where once a month we're a biohazard. So we need a clean space. We need that for us to help protect ourselves. And then, you know, you walk the mile back and then you got a foreman who's yelling at you like, why are you fucking off for 15 minutes? You're taking a shit on company time. Like, no, dude, like that's, it's, it's not appropriate. And again, that's one of the reasons we end up losing, like not that reason, but it's one of the, well, it's it's one of the layers, right? Yeah. That's why a thousand paper cuts. Yes, exactly. There's layer upon layer upon layer about why we're losing people. That number that you gave is staggering. The number of apprentices and the the tiny number that say nine you said yeah it was like it was eight or nine of us i don't remember exactly how many of us turned out but it was it was under 10 yeah and i think you're right like there's so there's all these pieces to it there's like there's the fact that a lot of tradespeople don't want their often don't want their kids going into these fields there's the safety piece of it parents don't necessarily want their kids to be in an unsafe environment so the work that that you're doing now to to really focus on safety is a huge piece because it's it's that reputation thing. If you if you can't get the family and the friends and the parents and the influencers behind the idea of young people going into these fields from the safety perspective, and then add the bullying perspective and the hazing and the the just the energy that happens <clears throat> in the trades a lot. It is like I always equate a lot of the the environments that I've worked in to like like a, a slumber party where the kids were allowed to eat cake after midnight and totally unsupervised, <laughs> right? Where like everybody's just like willy-nilly doing whatever the heck they want and there's like nobody telling them there's consequences. And like, uh, yeah, like going on. Yeah, and it's like, so this is fun long. for a while, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> like maybe, maybe a professional environment might benefit everybody. And like, because dudes don't like it either, right? Like dudes yeah. don't like the hazing. They don't like being treated poorly and like, it's yeah it's not just the women it's just when you're a woman it's just one more layer of bs that you have to deal with yeah yeah and that's why i really like the be that one guy program because it starts off focusing on some of like the like very blatant situations that women have been in or some of the conversations that we get thrown into that are just really inappropriate that may not seem inappropriate and how to handle it but it's about being that one guy that'll stand up for you no matter who you are or whatever it is but to be that one person um that will stand up in a situation you know sometimes you see stuff that goes on and one of the sparking one of the catalysts to this program was a lady named Udi Hicks uh was murdered on a job site uh by a laborer she was a union carpenter and she was murdered by a non-union laborer and witnesses had said that that guy had been harassing her on the job uh many many days leading up to the incident and then when the incident happened, everybody saw that they were yelling at each other and no one stepped in. No one, <clears throat> no one felt it was appropriate or, you know, like nobody really wants to, you know, and I get, there are people that, you know, fight or flight. Sometimes people can't handle those situations. Sure. Sometimes people just don't know what to say. Um, and be that one guy helps to have those conversations and to give people the tools to have those conversations, to be the one guy that stands up and walks in and, you know, becomes a divider and help separate the situation. So wow. I think it's really important for everybody, uh, no matter yeah. what. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you wow. see a lot of that yeah. stuff, even online where, you know, you see Karen's out in the wild and like, how do you handle that situation without really escalating it? And yeah. uh, I think so. Yeah. It's a really good program. That's fin- that's fantastic to hear that that is happening, that that program is happening. Um, what a horrifying situation. And, and yet if, if good comes out of it, that that was like the turning point for people to say, holy crap, we need to do something different. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's fantastic to hear. Um, but oh my gosh. Yeah, it is. As somebody in the comments just said, Brooke uh, is saying the bystander effect is very real, right? It's like that. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how often do we see that on the internet where it's like, okay, so something awful is happening and, and your response is to pull out your phone and record it. Like, hello, <laughs> right? And like, it's, it's um, you know, when it's an extreme situation, somebody getting hurt, um, yeah. but, there's, but it's also the little situations and it's, if everybody's 
joking about something horribly inappropriate or taunting or teasing or, you know, somebody's grabbing somebody's ass or whatever. And, and if you don't agree with it, but you don't say anything about it to stop it, then you were just as guilty of it, in my opinion. Like, you <clears throat> yeah. were just as guilty because you let it happen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm seeing wow. a lot of more stuff like that kind of come around. There's other general contractors who have similar programs. Yeah. So I like that our industry is recognizing it, yeah. um, recognizing that our mental health is uh, obviously heavily influenced by a lot of these situations uh, yeah. and really taking a stand against it to take care of our brothers and sisters. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if we if we want to fill the trades gap, we need to be a be a place that people want to work, right? <laughs> like, yeah, we want and we want more people. <laughs> we have to be attractive to people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have to be a little nicer. Oh, darn. <laughs> oh, geez, what a concept. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do are you seeing a lot of resistance to those programs, or are people enthusiastic about them in your industry? I, uh, I see a lot of excitement. I see more excitement than uh, than not. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I mean. You always see the, you always get the one person who, you know, absolutely resistant to change. Oh, this right. is how we've always done it. You know, right. I don't want to, I don't want to do this, you know, and I recognize it takes a little bit extra work when you're learning and changing and improving upon situations. Um, and I know that a lot of people sometimes just don't want to expend that energy. Um, but much like they would say to us in other situations, too fucking bad. Pull up your pants. Let's fucking go. <laughs> quit being a baby <laughs> right amazing I love it that's really awesome to hear I'm, I'm, I think we are seeing more and more of that throughout different industries but that's like that's an impressive program to hear we don't have anything like that in the automotive world that I'm aware of um, so that's really cool to hear I dig well, it. you can always reach out to the International Union Ironworkers and uh, Vicki will do training for other trades and other associations oh. and companies so well that's cool it yeah, so if like you're ready for a get... company and yeah. you would like uh, some <clears throat> some documentation to help maybe get started or even talk to Vicki yeah. O'Leary um, highly recommend googling her and reaching out never hurts to ask yeah. That's awesome. I definitely will. And um, I will make sure that her name and and uh, resource for getting in touch with her, getting a hold of her will be in the description below on um, on this once it goes live or nice. once it's not live anymore. And, but, yeah. and it's yeah. the reruns. <laughs> yes. Um, but um, and it sounds like she's somebody that I should have on the podcast, maybe. Oh, so she's maybe amazing. Yeah. You can she's so, that she's connection. Awesome. That would be really awesome. Um, so, OK, so you get turned out from your apprenticeship. Um, we are like already three quarters of the way through this hour. I don't know how that happened. There's so much to talk about still. <laughs> I when told you we're going to have a lot of time. <laughs> I know we're only at the start of your journey. My goodness. Okay. So you, you get turned out from your apprenticeship. You are in love. Was there a point at which you like fell in love with this and were like, yes, this is what I want to do forever and ever now. Or like, um, I don't, you know, I don't think there was like a definitive moment. There was definitely things that, um, uh, that I just really, uh, I don't know. I just kind of enjoyed in the moment. Like, and there's definitely, there were definitely days where I came home and just like sobbed my face off or like, there are definitely days where I was like sobbing under my welding hood. Like we all have those moments. Yeah. Um, but I don't, there was never really a moment where I was like, oh, this is it. I just kind of like the fact that I just kept waking up and I kept going <laughs> was just like enough where I was like, yeah, this is fucking rad. I just going to keep doing this. What got you through those days when you were sobbing in your helmet or sobbing when you got home and maybe in a pillow fort for a different reason than you are now? Uh, I think, um, I think like I mentioned kind of earlier, just being a little bit older and knowing that those days are just, it's just a day or, you know, sometimes it's a week. So it's just a week. Um, sometimes when you're on shitty jobs, it's just that job. That job will be mm -hmm. over. Like, um, there's always opportunities to have some fun, to uh, have learning opportunities. I remember there was one job that I was on. <clears throat> it was, um, it was like the end of the job. We were just kind of doing so basically like little, um, little punch steel type stuff. Some add-ons that they had added into the project at the very end. Uh, things like bullards and stuff in a parking garage, and the 
this, the general foreman, I think, was just a total ass. Everybody was miserable. Um, mm. Most of the guys were transferring or traveling after that job was pre- after the project was finished. They were going to travel to another project, so they were all basically mentally checked out. Mm. Um, I remember like the morale was just really down. Um, but uh, there was like a couple of guys that I got to work with that you know we were friends. So like those moments where we were teamed up to do a project, it was cool. And just finding maybe those little moments or um, just trying to remind myself that like, that was the only job really that I worked on bullards. So I was like, okay, cool. I get to learn how to do this or <laughs> finding you know, the positive. I, yeah. yeah. I, I'm really easily amused. So I think it. <laughs> that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, but I was still having a good time. My bills were paid, which always helps. I mean, yeah. Money can't buy happiness, but goddamn, man, benefits sure do make me smile. <laughs> yep. Yep. Money isn't everything, but not having money is everything. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think wow. that was a big thing. It was like, because I was making more money than I did as a designer. It was the most money I had made. Um, and just always learning, always participating, always being a part of it. Um, as an apprentice, you're also not allowed to quit jobs. Um, oh. And that helps too because i was it i when i had found out uh, very very early on that the apprentice of the year thing was a thing like that they um we were told that if you were apprentice of the year you didn't have to take your journeyman test basically all the grades from all your classes because you had to have straight a's you had to have all your certifications all that stuff so um you didn't have to take the journeyman test i was like what basically i just have to like get a's in all my classes do all this stuff and then i like get out of doing some work yes that's amazing like that's a really great bargain for me <laughs> so, so then I it was you were on a mission to get the <laughs> apprentice of the year yeah. <laughs> yeah so i didn't want to do anything wrong to take that opportunity away so i was like oh great if i'm on a shitty job you just have to keep working through it like okay. it'll end i'll go to the next one in the meantime i'm racking up my hours i'm learning yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I love it. So when did you make, I don't, I don't know which direction to go in first. When did you make the transition <laughs> to, to being um, your current position and, or the dove campaign? Cause I really want to know about how you, how, like how that was. And if it was so <laughs> cool, like I want to know all the things. So I'll let you pick. Um, <laughs> which do you uh, want to talk I'm- about? <laughs> I love talking about the Dove story because it was so unusual. So we can do that. And then okay. if we run out of time, then I can come back and I can talk about quality and that because that's a whole nother barrel. That is, that is a whole nother <laughs> barrel. I know. I... <laughs> All um, right. But let's talk about so the Dove thing, the way that that came about is uh, Dove had posted on several social media platforms like, hey, are you a tradeswoman? And do you use the beauty bar? And like, that was it. Like, they were looking if you do for reach trades out, like that was it specifically. They were specifically yeah, very specific. Are you okay. a tradeswoman and do you use the Dub Beauty Bar? And okay. I literally messaged them thinking it was a joke. I messaged them and was just like, "Hey, what's up?" Like that was it. That was my entire. <clears throat> and um, they wrote back, <laughs> and um, and you know, like eventually, you know, told them, you know, like I'm an iron worker. Yeah, I use the Beauty Bar. You know, uh, blah blah blah. Um. Then they kind of disappeared for a while. And then a couple of months later, they came back and asked a bunch more questions and uh, filled out some paperwork, did like more of a a written sort of interview. And then they disappeared for a few months. And then they came back a few months later and like more questions and and then a phone call. And like they would disappear for a couple of months and then they would come back and it would be like the next step. And then at one point um, they had called me and said, hey, uh, we want to come out. and We want to do some video shots of you. Um, and I was like, okay, this is serious. All right. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, and at the time I was working in Reno. So I was like, Hey, I'm in Reno. I'm on a project. Um, so like my husband and I are living out of a hotel basically. Cause that's what we're doing for work. Um, so, and they were like, yeah, that's fine. We'll fly out. So they had somebody fly out oh. and they did like an interview and, um, they had me try on some different outfits or whatever. Um, and uh, and then they disappeared for a few months, and then they called me again. And they were like, "Okay, we're ready to film." And I was like, uh, "Okay, uh, I'm in Denver now, uh, so if you want to fly out here, that'd be great." And they were like, "Yep, uh, we're gonna start filming on this day. See you then." 
And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, funny. <laughs> oh, wow. So and it was it was cool because um, they I mean, obviously, they were in contact with me leading up to the filming because they were like, hey, this is the idea that we're going with. Like the fact that you uh, dress like a pinup girl and you go you go to car shows and stuff. We're kind of going to use that, too. Um, so, um, you know, you know, have some ideas for what you want to look like. And then we're going to need some shots of you actually working. Um, and I was like, well, I, I had asked all of my projects and I, I even went to like my project manager and I was like, Hey, do we have any projects right now that they would be willing to have a film crew come on? All right. of the jobs are like, no, yeah, yeah, no <laughs> legal reasons, lawyers, no, 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 bad idea, all the red flags. And so I was like, fuck, I don't know what to do. This is a big deal. Um, and eventually their scouting team had found um, this husband and wife owned um, like a fabrication shop. Um, and they were so nice. Um, and it was awesome. Like they came in and they just basically just let like the whole film crew come in and take over the shop for a day. And, um, like the, they had a stunt team cause I had to be tied off and per like acting contracts, you have to have a stunt team for certain things. And so the guy came in and he had like a chunk of magnesium and he's like, we're going to grind on this cause it blows all the sparks. And I was like, fuck yeah, sparks, let's do it. <laughs> And, so, <laughs> and they talked about uh, we got to it was cool because like the way that you tie off for stunts is different from how you tie off in construction. So like we were comparing notes and like comparing oh, our equipment. And it was totally like the scene in Jaws where they're like comparing scars and they're like, oh, yeah, well, I got this doing this. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I did this. And yeah, it was awesome. It was such a great experience. Everybody that they had on all of the teams were so phenomenal. Uh hair and makeup lady was so freaking nice <laughs> like um but it was really cool and then the uh the the husband and wife that owned their shop they had three daughters and they said yeah. that the daughters they were all very young but they said that in general the daughters really kind of showed no interest in what mommy and daddy do mm. so they brought them out and like with the little girls like seeing the film crew and I got to meet them and I shook their hands and like we talked about what we did and uh, the little girls were so excited. So I was like, oh, that's like, that's such a big thing because now yes. these little girls are like, they know what mommy and daddy do now. And it's a big fucking deal. Yeah. So I thought that was really, really cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. It, <laughs> at one point we're in a bathroom and they're doing the face washing part and they're like, okay, wash your face. And I was like, oh, this is easy. Woo. Uh, wash my face. <laughs> I was like, man, being an actor is easy. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like okay now we're gonna have you wash your face again but this time slower and I was like okay cool they're going for action shots so you know wash my face a little slower and then they're like okay we're gonna do it again uh but this time wash your face like you have somewhere to go and I was like you guys realize I'm just an iron worker right like <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that means but I'm gonna try really hard for you <laughs> So I washed my face like I had somewhere to go. And then, they, and then like this went on a couple more times. Wash your face like this. Wash your face like this. And then at one point, one of the guys was like, um, her face is turning red. So we should probably stop. <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, we've got we got plenty of material. We're good. Let's on to the next on to the next scene or whatever. That's fair. There was like one point where they had me like twirling in front of a mirror. And I was like, just so you guys know. I'm not a this twirling girl, happen. so this is a little weird. Like, yeah, once or twice, yes. Doesn't <laughs> a little weird, but it was really good. Everybody was super encouraging. The team was so nice, but it was what? very surreal. Like, it does not feel real at all. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an amazing an experience, and it's what a cool opportunity. And I just, I love like you don't often see tradeswomen get represented in these things, so it's just really. Yeah freaking cool that they were intentionally looking for a tradeswoman and that you got to be that woman representing like us us baddies out here like doing it it's awesome yeah yeah <laughs> i well and that's why i was like this is such a big fucking deal and they actually had two tradeswomen so they had me the iron worker and then they also had a bricklayer that was nice. a part of that campaign too and her commercial she's adorable because she talks about how like the Dove Beauty Bar gives her that sparkle. And I'm like, oh, that's such a good lie. That's so good. 
but she's yeah she seems super nice i love that and then but yeah like at the time i think the most we might have seen is like um i remember there was like a carhartt uh mother's day commercial mm-hmm. um that commercial is such a badass commercial because it has all the women and like dressed out all in carhartts and they're walking down like an air like an airport runway or whatever and yeah i was like oh that's so rad but other than that you don't you don't really see us did you get a lot of good feedback from it when it when it aired like did you hear a lot of positive things or or negative things like what do the people on job sites with you say and you're like did did you ever get recognized like hey you and that dove commercial (laughs) uh yeah so my husband likes to say that i'm the most famous iron worker uh which it yeah not true but i i love that my husband is amazingly supportive but he always gives me shit about it um but what came of it is actually like one of my absolute favorite stories to tell so i have I have a friend who lives in New York and they have, um, they have a little girl and I think she was maybe six or seven at the time. Um, she was like, she was into like the construction uh, equipment. Um, and they, you know, thankfully living in New York, always construction going on. Right. <laughs> and at one point they were out walking around and, um, they, I think there was like a backhoe or something. And, uh, Emery went and was like looking at it and like went to go ask some questions and this, fucking asshole comes out from behind it and goes that's not for little girls you don't need to be looking at move along move along and my friend told me like how brokenhearted emery looked after that interaction and i was like oh tell me where you were because i'm gonna fly out and kick that guy's ass right fucking now that's awful like what a terrible experience and and then uh i think it was like a week or two later uh emery's watching um like I think it was Paw Patrol and whatever. And then uh, my friend hears Emery <laughs> yelling from the living room, Blue's in the TV! Blue's in the TV! And uh, um, my friend Vicky came out and she was like, she was like, oh shit. And they saw the commercial and, you know, my friend Vicky was able to say, different Vicky from Vicky O'Leary, by the way. <laughs> she was able to say, look, like, you know who Blue is? You've met her. And look, she does construction. Like, you can do it too. That guy that, you know, said that to you the other day, he was wrong. He was not being very nice. But look, as a girl, you can do it too. She, Auntie Blue's doing it. So um, just like knowing that even those little things you don't really think about, but all those little interactions, those little, when people say like, oh, you know, like women don't need that boost. Like women don't need to be featured and, you know, blah, 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 or like, yes, they do because of these exact situations, because somebody's going to say something stupid and they think they're being funny, but it's affecting someone else because they don't know. They don't know that that isn't the truth. Yeah. So just that alone, I was like that right there fucking makes the entire process. Everything. Like That is everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love it. And it's so true. It is so true because there's there's so many negative experiences that that people can have that turn them away from stuff. And then it. All it takes is the one guy, right? Going back to yep. like earlier, that one guy who stands up for you or is nice to you or how your friends or what got you through the bad times, like the few guys that were around that were awesome or that one female that you can see visually doing it to, to reinforce like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. It's okay. Like I can get through. So that's awesome. I love it. Oh my gosh. We have not talked about your safety <laughs> stuff. We are definitely going to have to have you on for another episode. Maybe we can uh, find some other safety minded ladies and, uh, and do like a panel all about safety and why, why it matters. That would That's be awesome. an idea. We're going to try to do that. Um, so we are already over our hour. I want to be respectful of people's time. I want to be respectful <laughs> of your time. So um, I do, I do want to wrap this up, but um I have one final question that I have to ask, and I know, um, well, I'm not going to blab. I'm just going to ask the question because um, we don't have time for me to blab. So <laughs> final <laughs> question, if you could go back and talk to the younger you, little baby blue, um, what are your words of advice to her? I, yeah, and uh, this is probably not like the super fun fortune cookie kind of answer, but That's I wouldn't. Okay because I feel like all of the trials and tribulations that I had to learn and that I did learn affected exactly where I am right now. And I'm pretty fucking stoked with where I'm at right now. 
Um, like I got my education later in life. I started construction later in life. And even, even though, yes, it would have been nice to get involved in construction maybe earlier on, but I was also really enjoying myself and learned a lot while I was being a graphic designer. Like because of that, I'm also much more IT savvy. Um, you know, I, I put together a lot of like my own PowerPoints even now because as a quality manager, I do a lot of training. So like all of those little things that I did all apply to another aspect of my life and all the lessons that I needed to learn. I absolutely needed to learn. That's why they were there. <laughs> so I wouldn't. Oh, maybe, maybe, hey, dumbass, quit spending your money on everything and invest in something. Maybe that would <laughs> <laughs> love it i love it Microsoft early on. <laughs> <laughs> we got got some love from kenneth on the on it um, we can see IT guy. yep um, no i love it that's beautiful advice i think it's so true like even the worst of our situations made us who we are today and and even though sometimes it you know it'd be nice to like maybe it would have been nice to not have to have had experienced that but we wouldn't we wouldn't be who we are without them. So I think that's that's wonderful. Thank you for for saying that and and bringing that. And we definitely have to have you on again. Go ahead. Sorry. Before you dismiss me, thank you so much. I've had an amazing time. I'm super honored. Like I know I kind of fangirled over you the first time we were really interacting, but I am so honored that I got to be here and spend time with you and everybody else. Like thank you so much. This is really Absolutely. amazing, and I love that you're doing this. This is so good. Thank you for, for everything that you've done, that you're doing, that you continue to do. Um, I'm stoked that you're in my backyard and we're in like the same state and we might actually get to hang out in real life. Um, yes, this was yes. this was fantastic. You are a joy. Um, I've had a ton of fun. <laughs> thank you. So absolutely. Thank you. And yes. folks at home, I hope you enjoyed meeting Blue as much as I did and enjoyed hearing her journey and her stories and all of her ridiculousness and wonderfulness and um, her her ability to shake it all off and just go after whatever it is she wanted, despite what anybody else said. Um, great perspective on things. I learned a ton about the whole journeyman and apprenticeship and um, and iron workers. I hope you guys enjoyed learning all of those things along with me. Um, and I will have a link in the bottom in the description to the woman that she was talking about who does be the one, um, be the one guy, be that guy. I'm saying it wrong, but I will have that information in there because it sounds like a hella cool program. We need more of it in the industry. Um, and we definitely are going to try to try to get her on here on an episode in the future. Uh, so if you enjoyed this, make sure you hit like, hit subscribe, leave comments. The more comments, the more interaction, the more ratings we get, the more um, women and men who get to hear these amazing women's stories. And that is really the purpose behind all of this, you know, very similar to what Blue was sharing with us um, with, you know, the little girl who's, who is being told that she can't do it and then seeing examples that she can. That's what this podcast is all about. It's about sharing those stories. And it's also about exposing more men to the fact that women are out there. We, women are capable, women are doing these careers and doing them well. And, you know, the more they are exposed to it, the less likely they are to, to be mean to a little girl looking at construction equipment, or the more likely they are to be supportive and friendly when a woman does show up on the job site. So, um, so help us get the word out. And if you are a tradesperson or tradeswoman, I should say, and or if you know any tradeswomen who should be on this series, make sure you send us a message. Um, there is a link in the YouTube page to my email so you can get a hold of me that way. Um, final thank you to our partner for this episode, Drive Time. As always, they're a wonderful partner and supporter of women in the trades. And if you're looking for a used car or if you're looking for a job in the automotive industry definitely go check them out now and with that i'm going to let you guys go have a fantastic rest of your evening until next time be good to yourselves and be good to one another bye guys bye